Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, I'm starting off with the idea or concept. Not sure which one I want to say is an, if it's an idea or a concept. And then of course I want to play around like, what's the difference between an idea and a concept? <laughs> I'd love to linger here, but anyway... Let's say I'm starting off with the idea of being orphaned, being orphaned. That is my starting point. And uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of storytelling or context rather to why um, I am starting off with the idea of being orphaned. I've done a little bit of reading. I've had some experiences and some musings that I am going to try to link it to this idea of being orphaned. So there are a few things that I want to say about being orphaned. And I'll try to give you that story or the context after my disclaimers. But I wanted to let you know that that's what we're starting off with. So before going into the disclaimers, let me give you a little bit of housekeeping. I am pressing forward to the... 50th mark which will be episode 300 by two days and so as a result I am recording this outside I'm walking my dogs and I um it's evening and I'm hoping that this will count uh that when I get this recording done it will count as Tuesday sometimes I hit there's a the time of the day it rolls over to the next day so I'm, I'm hoping that I can get this recorded and counted for Tuesday if not we're going to have a problem and that speaks to um, uh, two more things I want to say about my disclaimers so I am well I'm going to say this <laughs> sorry about that I have been um, getting back into business mode yay finally and um, I realized that week one of my vacation was numb Week two was processing all of that stuff that was located in the numbness, the abyss, as I called it a few weeks ago, or two weeks ago. And this week, I finally, finally was able to get back into, finally get into position that I wanted to be in the first place. So I was really worried, um, but I'm I'm pretty pleased that it only took me to week three to get in the pocket of the business mindset and I'm here and I'll have to do a reflection of what that means especially after coming off of the hailstorm of being in employment right so there's the employment me and the business me and I've hit a realization that the INTJ ate me and all of my fabulousness there is a cap there's only so much I can do and um, this notion that I'm going to be able to do both to get to the promised land is just um, short-sighted and it's not irresponsible. But that's not the point of this reflection today. So I'm in business mode, which means uh, most of my um, my uh, my the sweet spot, my in, uh, intuitive sweet spot. Uh, my let me say this: my NT sweet spot has to be dedicated to business. And so I have been having a hard time managing 
oh, well, what time of the day? When am I going to do a podcast reflection? And and I'm trying to be consistent with my uh, longer walks, uh, four mile walks. I'd like to get it to. It might be almost five. It's four miles. I'm trying to get it to five miles, but running is best for me. But um, I haven't found my rhythm with running yet. So I do have a path for walking. It's about a little, about, I think it's a little over four miles. And um, and so I'm trying to be consistent with that in business. So it's just I've been having a hard time finding uh, the time to do this recording. So with that being said, as you can probably tell, I'm outside. I am walking the dogs. And it is, um, I don't know if I said this, but it's Tuesday evening. And I'm trying to get this recording to be released Tuesday evening. If I linger too long here, even though it'll be Tuesday on my end, it will show up on the platform as Wednesday. So you're going to hear, I just want to, you're going to hear wind. You're going to hear birds. You will hear dogs. I have two of them. One of them is Alpha. (laughs) That should speak for itself. And people. And uh, me hitting the pause button, trying to manage all of that. So I wanted to let you know that. And I've done outside reflections before. It's not my favorite thing to do. Especially because when I go back and I listen to them, I'm breathy. <laughs> and I don't like that. But also, um, talking about the NT sweet spot, walking puts me there. So we'll see how what, what comes out of this reflection as I walk um, and move about. And we talk about, we're talking about being orphaned. Okay? All right. If you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I, oh my God, look at the time. I took, I went over five minutes. Dang it. Okay. If you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. This, mm, I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of 30 years. And uh, I think this year... I think I'm going to hit year 29. I think this year coming up will be year 29 for me. And half of that time has been in leadership. I politically identify or politically lean into nuggets located inside of critical race feminism. Which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to power as relating to social constructs in the social world. Such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. All right, let's get started. So, as I said in the intro, there are a few ways that being orphaned is relevant for me right now. And I want to try to give them to you uh, without... I'd like to give them all to you, but I could easily fall into a rabbit hole. And so as a result, um, let me see if I can quickly list them. I had to, I became the owner of all the family pictures on my paternal side as relating to my mother, my, excuse me, my dad and my aunt. And you know, we, those two, 
siblings passed away seven months from each other, and I've talked a number, number of uh, a, a number of times about that. Um, so my aunt only had one child. My cousin set it up in his mind that I should be the keeper of all the pictures, and I got those pictures yesterday morning. And last night or early this morning, I went through and I sorted all of them, all the pictures. And that took about, I want to say, two to three hours. And did it need to take two to three hours? I don't know. There were lots and lots of pictures. And, um, and there was some emotional stuff happening, as you would imagine. And so, yes, it took two to three hours. Hold on. The second thing, uh, being orphan, uh, the way being orphaned is an idea for me in this reflection is um, I'm having some experiences with my mom and I'm wrestling with that based on my maturity. Yikes. Or yikes. My maturity. I say yikes because can I say that? Can I say that I'm mature now? Because I feel like I have a long way to go. But um, my maturity, some of my my uh, commitments, my re- resolution, my resolve, and I feel like I'm being a little, uh, being challenged in that resolve, that commitment, and that maturity. And I don't know. I'm curious about that. Like, am I really being am I really being challenged, or am I choosing to be challenged? Right. And that's an interesting consideration. Am I? Am I truly being challenged, or am I choosing to be challenged? And gosh, I want to linger there, because somebody might say, "Well, what's the difference?" I feel like there's a difference, right? Am I choosing to be challenged? Okay, so that's the second thing, and then the third thing is anytime I'm confronted with a challenge, or most of the time, anytime I'm dealing with something emotionally difficult. I take to reading, <laughs> reading and writing. And so um, I was reading about, I was trying to find some articles this morning about being abandoned and you're in your adult years. So there's not a lot written um, about that idea of being abandoned by a parent in the adult years. And... Um, and that's intriguing to me. Like, if no one is writing about that, is that something I'm making up? You know what I mean? Is that something I'm choosing to feel? And uh, so as I was trying to find some stuff on on Google, it wasn't like I was doing any kind of extensive studying. I probably need to start going back into Google Scholar. But those, you know, when you pull up articles under Google Scholar... They take a longer, they take more time to read through, especially when I'm not sure. Sometimes when I start reading, researching, I'm not sure what I'm looking for. But nonetheless, I'll start returning to Google Scholar a little more, uh, especially since I'm starting to share articles with you. And so go to Twitter because I think I may have shared one today. I definitely know I shared a couple of yesterday. So please go to Twitter. Because I am sharing articles, and I feel like I found a, a rhythm, I found another structural component that I want to keep as part of this project. 
you know, read, you know, when I, I read in preparation to do a reflection, which I don't always do, but when I find myself reading to prep for a reflection, share the article with you via Twitter. So a lot of times I will, if I read from the article, I quote, I cite it in my show notes, but just because, um, if I don't read it, I don't usually cite it, but I can share the article with you. So please go to Twitter if you are interested in reading about reading what I'm reading. Um, okay. So in reading this morning, I'm trying to look for information about a, being abandoned, abandoned by a parent in your adult life, not as a child. The language of orphan, the orphan language came up and I was like, ah. Oh, that's interesting. And so there was a lot of reading about what is an orphan. You can be an orphan even if you have one parent living. And um, you don't have to have both of your parents gone to be an orphan. There was another thing that was intriguing to me that um, you can be you can be an adult orphan. So that was language that was available to me to being an adult orphan. But that was really strictly, strictly dealing with, you know, life and death. And that's not what I'm interested in. Although there is a component of that I think I'm experiencing being, you know, moving on in the world after losing my dad. I'm thinking about having lost him before he died. Having lost him before he died, excuse me, and... Um, well, that brings up some sadness in it when I just said that. It just went through my body. Um, and this notion, and I think I said this to you recently, and my mom just said it to me. She said, out of all four of his kids, you got the best of him. And I said, you know, it's something that I want to celebrate. Do I celebrate that? I want to acknowledge it. Should I acknowledge it? And then still, he still has to take away the horribleness of the relationship. Sorry about that. I just put you on put you on hold. So anyway, so the horrible nature of the relationship, and and then questions and confusions around: was it horrible? All right, I'm on a busy street. I'm only going to be on this busy street for not not two minutes. I don't think so. Just bear with the extra traffic. So, so the, I didn't get, I didn't get what I was looking for in the articles, but I got enough to impact my thinking on this idea of being orphaned. And, um, um, I went to a book that I've referenced to you guys in the past because I really was needing something, uh, because I think this experience I'm having with my mom, in, in light of this resolve that I've made about her, um, I needed, I just needed, I needed something. And so, and it also goes to this notion of, do I have a right to say if the relationship was horrible? Like, who can speak to that? Which makes me think about a little bit of an exchange I had on Facebook. I don't do much with Facebook anymore since I sh- shut down my main account. 
But your NI Dom needed to have, a, I wanted it to have a Facebook page in order to do that. I had to create a new account with a name, an alias first and last name. And it's a name that I've played with in the past. I've thought about, hi, writing under this name, writing a more personal memoir under this name. So it really would make, it just makes sense for that name to be associated with your NI Dom. So anyway, somebody made a comment. Somebody made a comment about not belonging. And then somebody, and I'm in a, in a, I mean, it's an INTJ group. I don't know which one. It may, I think it's an INTJ group. I'm in a few of them. Um, and then somebody came back and started talking about belonging is an issue of interpretation. It's not fact. <laughs> it was like so annoying to me. It was so annoying because it's like, who said, who said it had to be fat? Who said the sense of belonging had to be factual? And uh, factual, the of uh, being committed to facts isn't necessarily an INTJ thing. By the way, people. If anything, that's closer to ISTJ. But, so, intellectually, I was, I was enticed. I was enticed intellectually. I was entertained, inspired. You want to you wanna flex your INTJ muscles? Let's do it, baby. Although I don't really think I said anything deep. But it just, it, I, you know, I responded about the subjective nature of what of being human. Hold on a second. So anyway, um, so that idea of subjectivity as a human experience, every human communicates from his or her or their subjectivity so to say something is hor uh, belonging or not an individual has a right to speak to his or her sense of belonging because belongingness is a feeling and we all have them we do INDJ people we all have them okay and um, but that's kind of what I'm questioning, too, when I say the horribleness of the relationship. I am questioning my own subjectivity. Do I have a right to say that? And part of that questioning my own subjectivity, even though I'll fight like hell to protect someone else's right to speak from their subjectivity, because usually that's an act of marginalization or marginalizing when we say that someone cannot speak from their, um, from their subjectivity. Because we all do. And some people with somebody, with somebody types from some lived experiences are granted greater permission and authority to speak from their livery, uh, their subjectivity, as though it's not subjectivity, as though it's truth or fact, when it's still subjectivity. And others are then relegated, managed, monitored, reduced when they are speaking from their subjectivity. So I'll fight for other people to have their subjectivity, but then I struggle with mine. And that's partly coming from that intergenerational trauma space. 
So, anyway, I needed some text this morning because I knew I was struggling in this resolve and this commitment that I've made towards my mom in light of losing my dad. And I made this resolve for my mom before I lost my dad. But it's intensified. It's intense. It's intensified. Hold on. It's oh excuse me. It's intensified in in his in his in his uh, departure and in his sister's departure, my aunt. And so I found myself really confused as I was wrestling with that resolve and going to get some texts. I I would I didn't realize that's what I was doing when I first started poking around on Google, but I realized once I couldn't find what I wanted to find as quickly as I wanted to find it. Then I went to this book that I've referenced a lot. Five Mothers Who Can't Love. Mothers Who Can't Love. Five Mothers Who Can't Love. I can't think it's either. It's about five types of moms that can't love. They're adult adult children, adult daughters dealing with mothers who can't love. Something to that effect. I referenced it before. It's a really good text. And I'm not through with it. And what I really wanted to do that I didn't have time is I really wanted to get to the second half of the book when the author starts dealing with solutions because I'm pretty sure that's what I need. But I'm still working through the five types of mothers. And they say, she said in the text, that more than likely if you're contending with this, it's more than one, you know, you can have more than one type, like the types can inter overlap. And so I found myself getting distracted by the five types because I'm in the chapter. I last left off in the chapter on the controlling mother. So there's one one type is the narcissistic mother. I'm going to see if I can recall it. The narcissistic mother. The second one is the um, the overly enmeshed mother. The third one is the controlling mother. That's the chapter I'm la- I'm I'm in. The next one is mothers who need mothering. I can't think of the last one. I can't think of the last one. Hold on. Okay, I just saw a dog. It looks stray. Like I just don't feel like taking the risk. So I'm going to reroute. I'm rerouting my, my um, walk with my... What do you call it? Walkway? My passageway? My path? Rerouting my path. Anyway, so I can't think of the last one right now, but there are five. And uh, I found myself getting distracted by checking in with myself. Like, how do I feel now? You know, I started reading this book four years ago. And and it's so dense. It's so It's not dense reading. The text is not hard. I mean, it's not dense reading. That um, it is. It's not textually dense. It's emotionally dense for me, because when I was reading it, it was the first time that I had somebody put words to my experience, and I, um, I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, it was it was bringing up memories I had suppressed. 
and I didn't know what to do with it. So it was hard for me to, I would only be able to read a page or two at a time, at a time. It, it was, I remember having all of these tingly sensations in my body. I've talked about learning my emotions and my anxiety in my body and it was just a lot. So I am still working through the identification part of the book and I haven't gotten to the solutions part, but I think it's the solutions part is what I need. So anyway, so those are the three, I see I told you I was going to fall in the rabbit hole. Those are the three experiences that are influencing this idea of uh, being orphaned, the pictures, the experience I'm having with my mom, and the text this morning. Not finding the text, but the search of the text and finding some other text along the way. So let me tell you uh, a little bit more. I want to start talking about this experience I'm having with my mom and then see where that takes me as it relates to those pictures and the readings. So... Once I read this book, I think I've, I've said this to you guys before, but if you knew, I can't tell you what episode to go listen to. But I will tell you, season three, excuse me, season two, there was a lot of healing work for me. Season two, I was confronting a lot around the trauma. And then I picked up a little bit more at the end of season three. There, those episodes I did right around the end of December, to me, those were like capstone experiences because hold on a second okay you guys so in me rerouting it has put me on the busy street um longer than so i'm back on another busy street i'm going to be here for a minute so it's going to be you going to hear more traffic but um so um i don't know where i left off sorry about that some dogs i had to manage my babies with somebody else's babies uh, so I need to find where I was at I think I was trying to tell you that in season two it's where I really had to confront a lot of pain that I in a way that I am with my with my mother in a way that I had not done yet and then I believe it, at the end of season three I had to I had a an experience that gave me an opportunity to see how much I had grown. So I did a lot of wrestling um, with some some feelings around my mom in season two, and then at the end of season three, I felt like I had an opportunity to be like, "Yeah, you're grown. You've you've grown. You're pretty good now. <laughs> yep, check check that off your list." But it's not that way. I mean, it's not that simple. Uh, healing work isn't checklistable it really isn't you don't say i've healed i'm all healed now i'm over it everything is fine no it's you have to constantly attend to it um not at the same level hopefully but it's never as somebody explained to me it's just never something that you can be be removed from you know and so recently um i really since I've been on vacation, I've been having to face the lifestyle that I have built. And so I talked about trying to restore myself, get back on my feet after the loss of the relationship and my grandmother. And I think it's safe to say that I have done that to a certain extent. I'm not fully 
I'm not restored politically. But it's safe to say. Nope. I was going to say it's safe to say that I'm restored financially. I'm not. But I don't think I'm going to. I'm not going to go down that. I'm not, I'm not fully restored. But I'm in a significantly better place. And so, um, um, so that's good. This is the first summer I've had in a long, long time where I didn't have to worry about finances. This is the first time summer in a long time where I could be off from work and not have to worry about if I were, how I was going to pay my bills and not have to worry about the future. Now I paid a huge price for this because I, I've tolerated my current employment in a way I would not have in the past. The earlier of me would not have tolerated what I tolerated with my current employer, but I tolerated it for, so that I could have, at least so I can get to the summer and, um, and have insurance through the summer. And so I, I, that was a, an objective that I held for myself and I met it. And so what it has allowed me, me to do, I'm technically not working, although I'm now back in my business, but business work is not the same as employment work. Business work is not the same for me, at least as employment work. And, um, and it's given me mental space to look around, look around and let's see, let's just assess where, where are you at? Um, and I've spent so much time talking about work. Um, and as I, I'm not, I'm not attending to other dimensions of living. So there is obviously the spiritual domain, which I'm just starting to pick up. I'm excited about that. But there's an interpersonal domain, relational domain. And I think part of that is just hard because I'm an INTJ 8. Being an INTJ is difficult. Hold on. Okay, we're at high traffic time. And I got to go ahead. I gotta go ahead and try to bring closure and then do this. I'll pick up a part two. Um, okay. Dang it, I gotta bring closure. Um, so the interper- so being INTJ puts a strain on interpersonal relationships. Being a type eight puts a strain on interpersonal relationships, pushing those two together. It just makes it difficult. So I'm doing, I'm assessing my, my life and obsessing, uh, assessing, not obsessing. Hopefully I'm not obsessing, but I'm assessing my life. And as I start trying to bring it around, around the corner, coming back to home base, that's kind of using a baseball metaphor. I'm, I'm trying to bring it on home and I'm getting so close. I'm getting so close. And part of getting close for me is to, um, attend to the relational side of me. And for whatever reason, attending to the relational side of me has opened me up to thinking about my mom, my relationship with my mother. And that becomes a struggle for me and I can't explain why I can't explain why thinking about the relational part of me takes me to thinking about my my relationship with my mother but here's what I'm going to do I'm going to stop here so I can get this released hopefully I'm still going to try to get it released so it shows up as Tuesday and then I can have and then I think I can make my my goal and so I'm going to end it here I'm going to pick up and do a part two, so please stick around. And because I'm going to do a part two, I am not going to do 
um, an assignment for this one. Get at me. (laughs) Get at me with the second one, okay? All right, you guys. If this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. Is this conversation about being, is this starting point about being an orphan and talking about the five mothers who can't love and talking about having, being challenged by a, by your subjectivity, when can, when it's okay to be challenged by your subjectivity, um, and when is it not okay to be challenged by your subjectivity, subjectivity, if any of this relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. If my moving about in this beginning part of the reflection has caused some randomness in you, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, on Twitter, yournidom1. Facebook and YouTube, you're in IDOM. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. I'm coming back. I'm coming right back to do a part two. Until I do, be well. Bye.